and welcome to the Destinate NZ podcast. Thanks for listening in today. I'm Michelle Caldwell and today I'm joined by a very special guest. Yes, that's right. I'm in studio in Wanaka with my very good friend Lisa Chambers, affectionately known by everyone in the industry as just Chambers. So welcome to the show, Chambers. Great to have you here. Thanks, Michelle. It's great to be here. Now, we've been talking about doing a podcast together for such a long time. In fact, you bought the same microphone as me back when I did. (laughs) It's taken us 18 episodes to get here. So I'm pretty excited that we're finally doing this and not only doing it but in person here in your house yes thank you yeah no I'm very excited too I've been keen to get this underway and you know it's COVID so it's been um, a whirlwind time and yeah yeah finally finding our our steps and we'll be able to make it work yeah Yeah, awesome okay so we're two non-native Kiwis if those who are listening can probably pick that (laughs) from our accents and you know we've known each other a long time 14 years and we both have fallen into tourism I guess as our careers so tell me a little bit about how that happened for you. Yeah so I came over to New Zealand 16 years ago sold everything I owned in the UK I kind of always knew I was going to live and work abroad but didn't really know where and then when I had the opportunity to come backpacking in New Zealand um, I just thought oh yeah this is going to be great so I bought a one-way ticket like I said sold everything I owned in a car boot sale even sold the car at the car boot sale um, <laughs> and headed on my way merry way to New Zealand and when I arrived here I very much felt like I'd arrived home which was bizarre for the very fact that I'd never been to this country before and then my first port of call was uh, Topol where I met Ross McFarlane who owned Rainbow Lodge at the time mm-hmm. and um, they were looking for a hostel manager and literally let's just say the rest is history that's how it all started for me Awesome. That's great. And over those years, you've had quite a few different jobs with different businesses, but there's been a pretty common theme that I've noticed through a lot of those. Tell me about that. You're a bit of an adventure girl. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So um, actually, funnily enough, it was while I was um, managing the hostel at Rainbow Lodge. We used to um, sell activities from the front desk as part of our customer service. And we used to sell quite a few of the tandem skydives. And after um, doing a couple of tandem skydives, I was like, oh, I'm really bored of this. I really would like to maybe learn for myself. So yes, Taupo Tandem supported me in that and taught me how to skydive, which was um, amazing. A guy called Brad Rock, yeah. uh, which has got a total porn star name. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, so I, I fell into skydiving and, and then that's when I ended up working in skydiving and tourism and becoming a sales and marketing skydiving chick. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. You're a lot braver than me, although I've done one skydive and I think <laughs> tick, the, tick the list and, and that's probably enough for me, but was lots of fun. So if you, you know, if you got somebody starting out in tourism now, what advice would you give to them? Yes. Well, I would say pretty close to what I did and be really willing to start entry level just to get your foot in the door. One, the great thing about tourism is it's a very positive environment to work in. And so therefore, there are a lot of opportunities present themselves. And mm-hmm. if you're the right type of person or the right caliber of person, you'll see those opportunities equally as well, regardless of what position you hold in the business and be able to work your way through to those positions. Or I think a big one for tourism is they just ask you that you put your hand up and say that you're 
you're interested and as soon as you do that you actually the rest just all falls into place so yeah just start anywhere you can if tourism is somewhere you'd love to come and work and and I still think it's going to be an amazing industry to work in and we have a lot of fun so I'd recommend to anyone to join this industry yeah yeah mm. that's great advice I oh think, hang yeah, on a second yeah. I totally forgot and be prepared <laughs> the one thing that one big trait you definitely need <laughs> Is to be able to party, and, <laughs> aka networking to your bosses. But yes, uh. <laughs> yeah, that is good advice. I think you know, for a lot of us who've started out, it is about rolling your sleeves up, isn't it? Because a lot of the tourism businesses are a small, you know, smaller businesses. You're not always working in big corporates. I mean, there are a few larger tourism businesses, but it's about just getting in on the ground floor. And absolutely, yeah. and I think working in those smaller businesses gives you an opportunity to actually cover multiple different roles. Yeah. So you may be, you know, a lot like ourselves a lot like those smaller companies sales and marketing tends to be the one role whereas when you may be very much more specialized in marketing or very much more specialized in sales they do tend to put the role together yep and I don't think you're necessarily the wrong person to do both for that kind of business and so then therefore you get a bit of an experience in in the sales side as well as the marketing side but then more often than not you know it becomes busy in the summer and they also need you to help with the operations which means then you get to go and stand out and be involved in your customer service side and you know you see what the faults are there or what the issues are there or what works really well and and you can build off that and that's yeah. I think that's a really fortunate part about this kind of industry that you're in that you it can be quite diverse yeah which means you're never bored yeah yeah totally <laughs> I think that's one of the things I've loved you know most of my career I've, I've done sales marketing but I've also done a little bit in operations but I think as a sales marketing manager that customer feedback is critical and mm. if you're getting it straight from the customers because you're out helping on the front desk or you're picking up the phones or you know you're actually out you know I've handed out life jackets and hung them up at the end of the uh, jet boat ride and all that sort of stuff it it gives you that really intimate knowledge of of what your customers are thinking and feeling yeah Yeah. and it also gives you that reward that your your team or your staff have every day you know when you see your customers come back and they've just had this amazing time and and they're buzzing from it and then you get off that too and and that's a really great place to actually create some of the best ideas and that we have and I I have in my journey in my in this career is by being on the ground and learning what does and doesn't work and yeah 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 awesome so right now full disclosure you're working for in-flight group as the business manager for the south island and currently working with destinate nz so thank you for that but tell us a little bit about what your role involves now because that's pretty varied as well isn't it yeah correct so yeah the business manager role kind of sits like a bit more like a general manager role so kind of overseeing the employment of staff and their contracts um Uh, making sure that all the businesses are able to operate on a day-to-day basis and that can be from a various different aspects whether it be health and safety whether it be they just require extra equipment they require extra staff they require housing even go figure whatever it takes to get the business running really and of course with covid i've gone back to helping a little bit with the sales and marketing which is hence why i've asked for your support yep um and yeah just being a bit more involved in that way but really ultimately i look after i think it's five businesses we've got here on the south island we've got mount cook ski planes and helicopters which was the first business that i started with in flight Mm -hmm. and from there we purchased skydive friends and fox um skydive abel tasman nelson tasman air and now we have skydive mount cook wow yeah so you're back in your skydiving yeah. <laughs> utopia yeah yeah i thought i'd give it a go to moving into general aviation and then yeah i just brought it back on myself yeah couldn't help myself sorry tell me do you still jump out of planes um yes i do from time to time nowhere near as much as i should do yeah but yes i definitely 
Germany last in April actually we were aiming for the girls women's record Mm -hmm. New Zealand women's record and so I'd been training all last summer to get to that unfortunately due to COVID that had to be canned but that's still on the cards down the line so hopefully fingers crossed we'll make that happen but yes I'm off to Abel Tasman in October to go to the Good Vibes event which is being reignited Good Vibes 2020 where yes I'm planning on jumping out of a few planes a few times Awesome. So for those who are listening who don't know what Good Vibes is, do you want to give that a bit of a plug? Because yeah, it sounds absolutely. like lots of fun. It is lots of fun. Um, yeah, I worked on it back in 2008. It was my first Good Vibes. And it was uh, we just invite skydivers from all over New Zealand and at that time New Zealand and Australia to come and jump out of multiple aircraft mm-hmm. and do multiple different types of formation jumps, whether it's fly the wingsuit, whether it's do flat flying, vertical flying, angle flying. Yeah, you name it. It's just mm. it's basically they called it a book. Um, which is just a load of skydivers getting together going hard jumping as many times as they can all day and then enjoying a refreshment or two at the end of the day watching themselves on the big screen yeah awesome that does sound like fun so we talked a little bit about COVID how has that affected you personally Okay, so COVID was, it was quite an interesting ride, really. Obviously, the unknown was quite shocking. And we were dealing with a situation that we just didn't know how it was going to unfold. One minute, it was going to be okay. The next minute, it's not going to be okay. And then it is going to be okay. And then it's not going to be okay. So that was pretty hard to work in. And of course, nobody had ever dealt with this before either. So no, there was no written rules of how to work your way through it. Yeah. Um, so it was pretty nerve wracking. I'm not going to lie. I didn't know if I was going to have a job at the end of it. And then if I was going to have a job, what that would look like were Mm -hmm. we going to be mothballing the businesses and if we were where did that put me would they need a business manager if you don't have any businesses open you know like it's a really frank question I had to ask and and be prepared to have the answer that I didn't want to hear back as well so for me personally the only thing I feel like it's really done is gained me a lot more insight into um, how important it is a company looks after their staff Mm -hmm. because we had such an amazing rapport with our team that made those really hard moments easier to get through because we had an amazing team and like I said amazing rapport so that's the importance of staff and looking after your staff on a day-to-day basis in your business is is first and foremost so that's probably uh, the most important thing I've learned but it's also opened my eyes to opportunity and that's one of the things that Ben my fiance and I talked about while we were in lockdown was the potential of opportunities ahead and um, we're starting to see those come to fruition so yeah it's good Mm. it's exciting yeah that's awesome and all of your business are now open Correct. and operating yeah. and how have you found the domestic market like what have you got any insights and well I have to first say um thank you to all the Kiwis who have come out you know shared their their dollars with us and and come and had these experiences with us it's been amazing being able to take them on these experiences that they didn't half of them didn't even realize were on their back door yeah um we had a family the other day come to skydive Mount Cook and they were going to go and skydive over in South Africa. And now they're doing, they did it with oh, us wow. because they couldn't go to South Africa. But it was like, wow, you, you could have just driven down the road and done it, <laughs> but you wanted to do it in South Africa for your big holiday, which is fine. So being able to convert them and have them do it in their own backyard is really quite special. It's a very unique time to be able to do this. And I think we're very fortunate that we can have the Kiwis and the Kiwis are doing it. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Yeah, big ups to the Kiwis that have um, found their wings and started to fly around the country and yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's us. great to see, isn't mm. it? We're, and you know, obviously we're sitting in Wanaka now and we've um, had a, a bit of a weekend exploring and we've yeah. seen a lot of Kiwis out and about, you know, yeah. just looking around. It is school holidays, so yeah, and I that, think. But- 
I think the Kiwis are also really keen to, you know, they understand that if they'd gone on a holiday before that that's what, you know, what they would have done overseas is what they'll do here. So, you know, I've seen a few of them taking the guided trips like mm. we did and yep. um, whatever else. So, yeah, I think I think they're a really great market, a really resilient market. And of course, they are going to be our best ambassadors when those borders do open. So yeah. it's really important to be nurturing them yeah. right now and, and showing them what we've got. Absolutely. Yeah, I've talked a, lot, a little bit about that on previous podcasts, just that power of word of mouth marketing and, you know, Kiwis, uh, you know, their friends and family, when the borders open, they'll be able to welcome all of those um, overseas people back to their to their homes and, and show them around. And now they'll really know their backyards because yeah. they've had this really unique opportunity to get out and experience it, which you don't normally normally do that much when no you've got you know no. the option of going overseas well you, our so. tour yeah well I mean look at the tour that we did on the weekend and you know I've lived here for how long and <laughs> like six seven years and and that business has been open for three years and I've never done it so yeah, yeah so it was really good to be able to go do it yes yeah. so the tour just in case you're all wondering <laughs> was the Cadrona Distillery. So, yeah, thoroughly, if you're over 18 and you're allowed to drink, (laughs) thoroughly recommend it. And they've got some great little liqueurs and gin and whiskeys there to taste. So And beautiful, like, beautiful setup as well. Yeah, awesome setup. Even just um, learning how they make the whiskey and the gin. And um, And quite different too. Yeah, yeah. even if it was just that alone, it would be an amazing tour. Yeah. So, yeah, it's quite cool that you get to experience the tasting at the end. Yeah, definitely, Mm. definitely. So tell me, what's keeping you awake at night these days yeah funny uh (laughs) so not a lot actually uh apart from I'm excited about what opportunities there are coming and that's what's keeping me awake at the main mainly yes of course there's some worry and concern about whether the borders will open and how long we'll make it through but in my heart of hearts I believe that these businesses will make it through we have to just be really resilient and really um mindful of our costs and if we do that and keep that as minimal as possible I think I absolutely wholeheartedly believe we will survive so the other thing that would be keeping me awake is just like what can we do next (laughs) what's going to be next up when will we be able to get into that and and should we be taking that opportunity and that advantage now even though we know it's going to be quiet but yeah but there's an opportunity that once it isn't so quiet that that actually that's probably going to take off and is it worth investing in it now and riding the wave of it being a bit harder to make it work down the line yeah there's a lot there's a lot of opportunities out there right now and I think these they are going to present themselves right up until when the borders do open and um, we'll see some more again probably beyond yeah Yeah. I agree I agree um the other thing that's really interesting is is obviously with my business it's very aviation related so one thing that we're you know we're we're really fortunate we are carbon zero Mm -hmm. which is incredibly hard to maintain so we're trying our best on doing that as well but that's one of the other points that keeps us awake is like we don't we need to be resourceful we don't want to be taking from the environment and not be giving back so what that looks like and how that's going to work in the future I mean we would love to have electric planes to jump out of we'd Mm. love to have electric helicopters to take people up to the glacier Um, they're all those kind of things and how far that is in the future is that's probably a bigger concern of ours than necessarily what's going on right now is how we're going to make that happen yeah and yeah and making sure that we are as clean and green as we possibly can be yeah because that Mm. that is the other opportunity that's come out of this is actually that chance Mm. to reset Mm -hmm. and say okay well this is what we've done in the past but it's almost clean slate an opportunity to say well can we do things better and you know more sustainably and and look into the future and I think 
yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I think visitors, once the borders do open, will be looking for that. I think there will be a little bit more awareness. We've seen those great stories through lockdown of, you know, rivers cleaning up and, and all of a sudden you can see the Himalayas and, you know, those photos. And, and I think it's brought that awareness of the impact that we're having just by living our day-to-day lives. And, and yeah, what's the opportunity to, to improve on that? Yeah, I think previously, like one of the big things that used to come out in conversation um, prior to COVID was I'm just so busy I'm so busy I'm Mm. so busy and I don't have time I don't have time and we didn't and COVID actually made us all just stop yep and take some time and I think we really need to utilize that to actually go okay yeah what is that going to look like in the future and exactly like you said it's a clean slate so how can you reset and and yeah and don't get so busy that you you don't have time to reassess that in the future you know and and how are you going to manage that yeah Yeah. and the other part of that is even it's it's you know it's been that opportunity for us to all work on our businesses you know we I've spoken I, I know a lot of my clients have been riding this really great wave of growth over the past few years and all of a sudden it stops and so now it's the time to say well actually I'm not just working in my business and you know like the little mouse on the treadmill (laughs) it's more a case of sitting back and saying okay what is my strategy what is my plan what are the steps I need to take you know to do that I think that is a really good opportunity for everybody Mm. just to have that space because you know as you said time is something that's really valuable and all of a sudden we've found ourselves with a little bit more time so hopefully yeah hopefully we can hang on to that yeah yeah Mm. and it should be factored in moving forward I definitely feel like that should always be factored in yeah don't get caught out like we did the last time where growth was so big so quick and yep. so rapid that you didn't have that time to think about it yeah. you were on the fly yeah maybe not getting it quite so right every time yeah mm. and it's even the little things you know the time that we've been able to spend with family and and loved ones and you know I know it's really hard to actually buy a bicycle here in New Zealand yeah. at the moment because everybody bought a bike through lockdown and you know it's and you know I know that the number of my friends who bought pets you know things like that and that's the stuff that's really important so yeah yeah it's been great to to be yeah. able to focus on that right so before we finish I'd love to end with a bit of a quick fire round are you up for that yeah go for it yeah cool okay here we go summer or winter oh come on quickly. summer <laughs> coffee or chocolate coffee gin or wine wine <laughs> mountains or ocean mountains morning or night night definitely night north island or south island south island <laughs> oh come on <laughs> favorite place in new zealand oh mochueka favorite place in the world oh uh, probably pretty close actually the place that has my heart mochueka abel tasman yeah cool um skydive or bungee skydive <laughs> Well, that was a given, really. So, uh, hey, look, it's been awesome having you on the show today. Thank you for joining me. Thank you. And I think we should do this again. What do you reckon? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Maybe we can have somebody else on and we can quiz them. Yeah, that's a great idea. So, listeners, you've heard it here first. You know, coming soon on the Destinate NZ podcast, we'll have Chambers back again. So, thanks for listening in. Once again, as always, you can find us on Destinate NZ on Facebook or Instagram or drop me a line via DestinateNZ.com on the website and um, thanks for listening we'll talk to you all next week Ka kite. Cheers.